HLB Cross Border Business Talks, HLB's global podcast series on international business topics. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrea Mosley, and I'm joined today by David East, Director of Product Strategy at Moody's Analytics, working for Bureau Van Dyke, and Andrew Mosby from HLB's Global Accounting and Compliance Services Group to talk about European FDI trends. So, David, if I could start with you, if you could talk to us about the current European investment climate, what were the main trends of 2019? Yeah, th- thank you, uh, Andrea. So, look, I mean, I think right now the, the, the big theme that we're seeing globally right now is still a case of mass uncertainty. You know, companies are, you know, reluctant to go out there and, and take big risks. Uh, within the European context, obviously, you've got a number of factors coming to play there, particularly around Brexit. What does that mean? What does it look like? What impact could that have on uh, companies and so on? We're also seeing you know, other notable trends, particularly in terms of, from a European perspective, in terms of a notable decrease in social cohesion and the impact that's having. You know, Europe, the EU as a whole was set up to be a level playing field. That's not necessarily what we're seeing today. Uh, we're also seeing a case of you know, an increase in nationalism or, or protectionist policies coming up around the, the Europe but not just around Europe, but also globally. Uh, so in terms of trends we're seeing right now, uh, there is very much, you know, you look at the UNCTAD numbers, UNCTAD numbers would say investments going down in Europe, uh, but in reality we're seeing a slight increase in both Greenfield FDI and mergers and acquisitions. Andrew, is that your experience? What, do you, what, are, your, what are you seeing from a client perspective? Yeah, from a client perspective, we, we, we've gone through a turbulent few, few years. Um, we obviously had the Brexit vote in 2016, and uh, one of our key markets, the US market, suddenly went on a pause. So 16-17 was very much a pause. Um, then there was a tax reforms in the US, which created a little bit of uncertainty in terms of foreign investment generally. Um, but Coming out of 18 and towards the back end of 18 and into 19, I think the Americans took the view that actually we need to be in the UK. Um, we will have access to, to Europe anyway. We can, we can effectively do both. Um, I think we've seen probably the reverse from the European market coming into the UK. Um, in 16, 17, um, there was a little bit of a disbelief that actually Brexit would happen um, for many people. Um, yes, they did invest in the UK as, um, to manage their own risk, um, but then coming out of 17 and looking at 18 and 19, we've seen a bit of a pause um, because there has been this uncertainty um, that David mentions. Um, so absolutely reinforces what we're seeing. Um, uh, it was interesting what David says about um, social cohesion because we, we sit here in, in recognising that um, within the UK Um, but don't necessarily think about that as perhaps a contributing factor as to why um, the EU um, are looking at the UK market and saying, do we want to be there or not? Um, Perhaps being the focus, actually, we need to domestically um, think about, you know, our home markets first. Yeah. I mean, just just to to further on that point on the UK, you know, the UK is becoming a harder sell for FDI. That's very true. Uh, you know, investors are, as, as Andrew quite rightly said, you know, waiting to see how Brexit will pan out. Um, one thing, we, one trend I did note over 2018-19 in particular was that UK market-specific investment is holding up relatively well um, and may well have increased in some ways because of the requirement to have market supply and inventory. Uh, and you can see how particularly noticeable in sectors like pharmaceutical. 
outward FDI uh, from the UK remains buoyant. You know, companies are seeking a foothold in Europe, and again, that was noticeable from from Andrew's comments there. Um, and they're looking further afield as well. So, you know, I, th I think it's not all doom and gloom. There is there are opportunities uh, within the European marketplace, um, and the UK market is not dead yet. That's good to hear. Um, in David, in your presentation today, you um, mentioned that various countries across Europe um, are raising funds for expansion, so like the UK, uh, France and Spain. What opportunities do you think this presents? Look, I mean, I think what, what, I, what I was trying to touch upon here was, was that, you know, we've got, a very, we've got a thriving venture capital scene. You know, if we look at the UK specifically, more than £10 billion in 2019 was invested in uh, British tech firms. That was according to a report that was published by tech nation and data data room um you know that's up 44 percent if we look at it in terms of the u.s and china they were down 20 and 65 percent respectively so obviously they they massively dwarf uh, the uk market but you know i think what we're trying what the point we're trying to make here though in terms of you know companies raising funds and and we're seeing smaller size companies looking to to expand they're looking for expansion capital that's the key point i'm trying to make there if we look specifically at UK, UK is still third in the world, okay, in terms of the UK companies for attracting investment or for raising capital, uh, and that's more than France and Germany combined. That's quite a sizable figure. Uh, when you look at it in terms of, you know, UK created in 2019 eight unicorns. Again, that's pretty. That's a pretty significant figure, uh, and these are in areas such as health tech, artificial intelligence, and so on. UK fintechs raised $5.4 billion, billion in 2019. That's seven and a half times more than the French market. Again, another significant number to, to note there. And London overall, you know, in, in, in the world ranks fourth uh, as total startup funding behind only San Francisco, Beijing and New York. So again, I think there's some very noticeable uh, sound bites to be taken from that. Uh, but I think for you know people across you know, the HRB network, for example, there's lots of opportunities there to work with these small to medium-sized companies to support their growth. How would you echo that? So would you say there are still uh, great opportunities for cross-border business then? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the situation's not really changed. Um, a lot of the cross-border are focused in the retail sector, technology sector, Retail, because there is an active consumer market within the UK, um, and technology, because we've got a skilled workforce, um, we've got fantastic tech tax incentives, um, and, and generally quite a global hub um, in London. Um, obviously, people are perhaps now. We talked about risk and how we we using the funds that are being raised. I think probably people are now looking to parachute in by acquiring local UK businesses rather than where perhaps in the past maybe they'd set up a fresh brand new to sell their products into the U UK market because then they have a ready-made team um, and, and I think I think part of that is is you know the culture and how the culture may change um, when you parachute in a culture into a UK organization how that would would go and, and one of the things that uh, we were talking before we got we, we got on the cast was um, the irony that we have now with Brexit and how uh, we wanted to go alone as a nation and how in actual fact we're seeing potentially 
um, UK companies needing to access the EU market, therefore setting up companies in the EU, and EU companies wanting to set up, um, have access to the UK market and setting up. So the irony is there is perhaps going to be more cohesion between the two parties than there ever was before. We just need to make sure the legislation continues to support that. In, in some form, but I think then you go into the political realm. Yeah. So you're right there. Um, David, in your presentation today, you spoke about there being a global war for talent, and that's something we have discovered through our um, inaugural survey of business leaders. Um, what should organisations be doing to kind of counteract this? Um, look, I mean, I, th I think that this, this kind of does touch back on the previous point we've just made about the venture capital and about how, why UK is so attractive. It is ultimately about talent. Uh, companies around the world, it's not just a European phenomenon, it's globally. Companies are looking at, you know, how, how do they attract the best talent? How do they retain the best talent? How do they upskill people? So, again, if we look back over 2019 and a bit further back as well, we've seen that there's been an increase in expansion investment, particularly on the greenfield front. I think rather than we've seen the days of the big labour-intensive projects in Europe, we're seeing less, you know, the projects are getting smaller, Okay. But the expansions are, are perhaps a good opportunity for companies to, you know, focus on upskilling their existing staff. Uh, in fact, you'll see in the presentation I'm, I give later today, one of the biggest um, growth areas of business functions is around education and training. So I think, you know, this is a, you know, you go to the US, for example, workforce development is probably the number one topic on most economic developers' uh, lips at the moment. Um, so I, I think we are... You know, as as a as a region, as as individual countries, as government, I think everyone's acknowledged that is a challenge. It's one I think together we got to meet. I, I, I echo. I mean, I think organisations have got to be bold. They've got to be flexible with their workforce. I think we, we've got a new a new generation who like experiences. They want opportunities. I think comments are going to be a lot more common. I think diversity of role. I, th I think the big thing is global mo mobility um, across tax, across accounting, across business. Um, I think one of the big challenges for the tax legislation is is very much actually it was it was developed in a time where there wasn't huge volumes of global mobility, and I think the challenge for many countries is to actually catch up with what's actually happening in the re real world. It's probably the next um, internet. Um, retail issue um, that the tax legislation isn't completely geared up for that and I think global mobility will we'll find that we're going to have the same sort of challenges. Okay and lastly what do you say your predictions are for FDI trends for the rest of 2020 then if you if they had a crystal ball? <laughs> okay well I, I, I echo where I guess my first sentiments which were um, the US went into a pause then then came out of it Europe are in a pause at the moment. I think we will see continue to see more US investment. I think that's going to be good for the UK. I think Europe are also going to benefit. I think you're going to see a lot more retailers perhaps going into and settling in Holland. Um, I see tech firms continue to invest in Ireland. Um, I think from a European perspective, I still think that they are going to be more cautious. Um, they'll manage their risk, but until they get the agreement in terms of what it's going to look like, the trade agreement. Um, I still think there's going to be uncertainty there. I think the key here is uncertainty is, is worse for business than a little bit more tax. 
And I, I would echo Andrew's comments on that one there. I mean, I think, you know, in reality, we might see marginal increases, but they're going to be insignificant. I mean, ultimately, the overriding theme, and it's not just in Europe, it's everywhere, is uncertainty. Um, and it's how we, you know, meet that challenge and how we can work with the companies to provide a bit of assurance where we can. But obviously, as Andrew rightly said, you know, we've got to see what does this free trade agreement look like? What does that mean? How's that going to spur investment? Is it going to help? Is it going to hinder? We don't know. No one knows. Same thing with Brexit. Brexit yeah. So until until those 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 big elephants in the room are put put away, then unfortunately this is going to continue. But I think there are glimpses of of, of um, bright lights on the horizon. I don't necessarily think it's all doom and gloom. Um, so I think uh, forward we go with with some increased positivity as we go into the twenty twenties. Hopefully they'll be roaring like the nineteen twenties. Brilliant. Thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about this topic and other cross-border business insights, visit www.hlb.global forward slash insights.